Blog Talk Radio. Driving all night, my hands wet on the wheel. It's talking in circles. There's a voice in my head that drives my heel. With your hosts, Clayton Caldwell. My baby calling till I need you here. And John Harlow. And it's a half past four and I'm shifting gear. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Talking in Circles tonight. Clayton Caldwell, John Harlow from com. It's silly season time. It's the time when silly season's about to pick up. We've been waiting for it. We'll discuss it. There's been a lot of predictions, John, on Facebook, a lot of predictions out there about who goes where. A lot of uh, interesting information has come out here the last couple of days, the last couple of weeks. We'll discuss it all. We'll give our predictions of 2018, plus the future of NASCAR. What young driver will we see be a champion in the next five years? And maybe he's not on NASCAR's radar. Uh, what will NASCAR look in five years? Will we see different racetracks? What will the chartering system look like? All that and more. 917-889-8280 to join the conversation here tonight on Talking in Circles. First, John, let's talk about the silly season. Uh, you know, there's a lot to discuss about it, but news this week coming out of Sonoma, uh, I don't know if it's surprising, but Carl Edwards has come out and said, listen, I have not had any inkling to come back Um I don't, I'm not coming back, and it kind of threw people for a little bit of loop because there's been a lot of rumors about Carl Edwards. There was a hot rumor earlier in the year that he was sitting out this season, was paid by ours, the sponsorship for Eric Jones, or for uh, Daniel Suarez, excuse me, to sit out there this season and be paid a lot of money and then would be a free agent next year. That doesn't seem to be the case here with Carl Edwards. It seems like he's content with his retirement, content with his decision. So that puts a big loop into everything here, John. Yeah, I think uh, Carl is kind of content. They said he's in uh, really good shape. He's a little, he's lost a few pounds, and they could tell how fresh he is because the thirty-eight week, thirty-eight races is a grind on a driver. And you're flying across country. You're doing this. Pretty much, you have two days at home. Tuesday, I mean, a lot of times is driver meeting. I mean, Monday, you get home from your uh, race. Tuesday is usually meeting day. You get Wednesday, Thursday, fly out Thursday because you got to be there Friday for practice, Saturday, Sunday, and then you're playing catch up again on Monday. He's got young kids. I think he really wants to uh, spend time with his kids, enjoy his life. I mean, he said flat out, Dale Jr.'s concussions played a big role in this decision. And he took a hard lick at the end of the uh, race at Homestead. He's come very close he's finished second in points he finished fourth in points I mean Carl Edwards had a nice little career and he's getting out while he's fully functional has his wits about him there's no major injuries and he'll be able to play with his kids as much as he wants and he's financially secure for the rest of his life and even if he did go through some of what he earned his wife's a doctor so I mean they're okay there's always people getting sick going to go see his wife I think Carl threw people for a loop, not just because of the opening at Hendrick, but also the rumors of Dodge coming back for next year, because that was another mm-hmm. one of the rumors that had Carl penciled in for it, that Dodge was going to come back and Carl was going to be the driver and they were going to set this thing up. And yeah, it looks it like that's part had, of the equation. Yeah, and then you had the Scott Graves leaving Joe Gibbs racing. A lot of people speculated, or excuse me, uh, Dave Rogers leaving Joe Gibbs Racing. There was a lot of people speculating that. You had, uh, you know, um, Doug Ducart leave Hendrick Motorsports, so the speculation pointed toward Dodge even there. And it made you wonder what 
Dodgers' plan is for 2018. And right now, John, you know, Dodge is an interesting is interested in NASCAR. I think they've come out and they're clear on that. But in 2018, I don't think it's happening. I mean, they would have to really ramp up their uh, involvement and their interest. They'd really have to spend a lot of money here from from now until you know February in Daytona to really get competitive race cars on the racetrack with Dodge on them. I think their eyes are more pointed toward 2019 if they're interested in coming back even then. Um, and then you can kind of – the speculation is, is crazy after that. But, you know, as far as Dodge is concerned, you know, th- again, there was a lot of rumors. You, you hit on the nail on the head uh, with Edwards. Uh, maybe, you know, the King maybe going to Dodge. But right now it doesn't look like anybody's going to Dodge for 2018. And I think their eyes, if they want to come back to the Cup Series, their eyes are set on 2019. Yeah, without a doubt, because if they were coming back in 2018, they'd have to have the car already pretty much blessed by NASCAR. They'd have to have the engine blessed by NASCAR, and they haven't presented either of them yet because it takes about eight to ten months to get everything through the NASCAR system to where they're ready to be on the track. And you'd have to have the teams announced now. If you remember back when Dodge first came in the series and I mean, I'm sorry, when Toyota first came in the series and Bill Davis Racing uh, was the first car that was going to Toyota and they had a test Toyota and Dodge pulled their factory sponsorship away from the 23 car because the 22 and 23 of Bill Davis Racing because they were still under contract to Dodge, but they're building Toyotas. And I don't think there's a team out there right now who wants to sit back and say, okay, I'm going to be the guinea pig for Dodge. It's almost got to be a new team coming in who's going to be the first one for Dodge. And the one thing that Dodge has never really done is they haven't had their own engine program from the factory. Toyota does it from the factory. Chevy has the um, R7 engine that is made by Hendrick, made by Childress. But they have engine shops who build Chevy engines. Same thing with Ford with Roush Fenway. I mean, with Roush Yates. But Dodge never was a factory engine program. He built Dodge engines, Ernie L. Dodge engines, and uh, Pro Motors built Dodge engines. There's no real engine power plant who's somebody who's going to be making Dodge engines for Dodge. And there's really a team out there who's building chassis and ready to go. So I think 2019 might be a stretch. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think 20, 2019 might be a stretch too, but I think, you know, they got to put the right people in place. They got to get, like you said, the engine is a big, big deal right now um, in this sport because you know it just costs so much money now to get in, and um, you know you got to wonder too if they're looking at the landscape a little bit, and we'll discuss that a little bit later as far as, um, you know, how NASCAR the, the teams aren't, uh, you know, looking at it and going. They're making a lot of money right now, so I think that's something to look at. But not to get too off topic here, but, you know, with Edwards out of the picture, you know, now it looks like Kyle Larson, Chip Ganassi has come out and said, listen, um, Kyle Larson is going to be in the 42 car next year. Our our driver line is going to look pretty much the same in 2018 as it did in 2017. Uh, So there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, Larson's out. So really, uh, when you look at the landscape, it, it seems like there's a lot more cars than our drivers. Um, Danica Patrick seems to be out at the 10 car. There's some rumors that they're not re- renewing her contract. We know Dale Jr.'s situation. He's retiring from the 88. There's uh, rumors about Matt Kenseth leaving the 20 car and Eric Jones replacing him 
That leaves the 77 open. So there's a lot of stuff going on here, John. Um, my first question to you is before we dive into the 10 and the 77, um, and, and maybe even a third Penske car and a 21, we'll dive into all that too as well. But um, who do you think right now is the front runner to get the 88? It's going to be sponsor-driven. Um, we all think Alex Bowman would be a good fit for that car. He ran great with uh, Greg Ives and the team at the end of the year last year when Dale Jr. was out with a concussion. But I don't think Nationwide's totally sold on him because, remember, they kept bringing Jeff Gordon back. And Jeff ran some races with Nationwide, but he wasn't going to run the full slate. And I'm not sure how comfortable Nationwide is having a young driver like Alex Bowman who hasn't won anything as the face of nationwide in the series. Um, To me, um, you, whenever uh, we talked about it offline a lot, if there's anybody who I think is going into the 88, if it is to make sure that the seat is solid, Matt Kenseth is the guy. I really think because Eric Jones has that one year deal with uh, furniture row racing in the 77 car, he's still under contract to Joe Gibbs. He's loaned out for one year. And I think that was so they had a place for him to go. So I think if anything, Jones comes back to the 20 car and Kenseth isn't ready to hang it up yet. And I think Matt Kenseth would bring stability to the 88 and make sure that it's a solid ride for whoever uh, Rick Hendrick has next in line. Um you and I have talked about it saying, I mean, we think that um, Dale Jr.'s retirement kind of wasn't what Rick was hoping for or expecting. And if you think about the Dale Jr. situation with the 88, Dale Jr. has more sponsorship on that car than Jimmy Johnson has with Lowe's, than Jeff Gordon had with Exalta and drive for uh, the AARP to drive to end hunger. Dale Jr.'s car is the most sponsored car dollar-wise on the circuit. And I think some of the money that going into the 88 funneled to the five, funneled to the 24 to help make sure Hendrick Motorsports stayed solid. And that's a lot of money to replace. And I don't think they're going to get that much money with an Alex Bowman or a William Byron. I think if they're going to get a decent return on investment, Matt Kenseth is a guy who has to go into the 88. I think it's interesting. And the thing that makes it interesting to me is I think this deal can't be done in September, October, where, listen, William Byron just won his first career NASCAR Xfinity Series race on Saturday. Uh, there is no telling what is next for him. He could go out and win six the next uh, six of the next ten races in the Xfinity Series, and everybody would be like, well, this kid's ready for cup. But the deal has to be done, I think, by August, uh, just to get everything ready for 2018. So you have to wonder if Hendrick is looking at this as maybe a one-year deal for the CDA car as a replacement to Dale Jr. or a two-year deal um, because William Byron is no doubt his future. I think he signed William Byron and pulled him away from Toyota for a reason. He knows he has got a lot of skill, but he's still in his first year in Xfinity, and he's still a little raw. Now, we saw Kyle Larson Cup Series after one year in Xfinity as well. Um, and replace Juan Pablo Montoya in the 42, but it took a little bit of time for Larson to win some races, and now we're starting to see what Larson can do in a cup car these last two or three years where he's really, really run good. Um, 
I think the trend that these owners are going through is multiple years in Xfinity after multiple years in trucks. And William Byron did a great job last year, won seven races in a truck series, was fantastic. Um, and he got off to a little bit of a slow start this year, and I wonder if that cost him the 88. But again, you have to wonder what, what Rick's idea is here. I, th- I don't know who else, John, is a candidate besides Harvick. Or, excuse me, besides uh, Kenseth. Um, maybe you look at William Byron, definitely. Alex Bowman, definitely. But beyond that, John, um, you know, Ryan Bellaney, I think, is going to stay in the Penske camp. Uh, that name's been thrown around. Larson's out of the picture, as we mentioned. Um, is there anybody else beyond that? Maybe a Kurt Busch who hasn't really signed his contract with Stuart Haas Racing. Could he go to the 88 with all his, the baggage that comes with him? What do you think? Uh, is there any other candidates besides really Kenseth Byron and, uh, and maybe Alex Bowman? Uh, not with Denny Hamlin re-signing this year. Um, I don't really think there isn't somebody who you can bank on being in that 88 car. I think William Byron was signed with Hendrick Motorsports to be Casey Kane's replacement in the five after the 2018 season. And since Casey struggled all this year, that seat may open faster than expected. Um, yeah, there's really nobody big name unless you, I mean, unless they go back and get a Biffle to keep the ride going in one piece. But Biffle has struggled with, I mean, he struggled at Roush Fenway, but they didn't really, weren't really putting great cars under him. They could bank, back, back up the Brinks truck to Carl Edwards and possibly talk him into a year or two. But Carl so far has said, nope. And the, if I get the inkling to drive, the first person I'm calling is Coach Gibbs. So I don't think Carl Edwards is even a possibility for the 88. I think it's Matt Kenseth or it's going to be Alex Bowman. I don't think William Byron is going in the 88. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't want to be a young driver going into the 88 car. You don't want to be the man who replaces the man. You want to be the man who replaces the man who replaces the man. You want to be two steps down the road. So if you're an interim driver, I mean, you want to put that cagey veteran in there. Matt Kenseth keeps the cars in good shape. He comes around there at the end. He still can win races. He still has quality finishes. That's the guy who I see as the perfect fit for that car. And he can give Greg Ives the technical answers that he needs out of the seat of the car that Junior has gotten better at over the past few years after working with Stevie Letarte. But I think Kenseth would be the guy who helps um, keep that car on solid ground and helps build it to be able to hand it over to an Alex Bowman or a William Byron. But I think Byron, if he goes anywhere, he goes in the five. And that's a great point you bring up about Casey Kane because that is another option. We've heard rumors about Casey Kane being done after this year at Hendrick Motorsports. but, and I do think that there is a possibility we might see Hendrick Motorsports also go to three cars. I mean, it all relies right now on sponsorship, and everything you hear now is that these teams are having a harder and harder time selling sponsorship. I think that's part of the reason why we haven't seen Brad Keselowski sign his contract extension at Team Penske yet is because they really don't have the sponsorship locked up for him 100%. And uh, I don't think he's going to go to the 88. I don't think he's going to leave the two Brad Keselowski. I want to make that clear. Um, I think this last is going to stay where he is. I think he's going to stay pretty. He's a great driver. So the 88's out. But talk about the five here for a second in Casey Kane. Let's talk about Casey Kane. Listen, this was a guy who, remember when Rick Hendrick hired him, he went out 
two years prior and went and got him signed for a ride that wasn't even open yet in a five car. Mark Martin was going to retire at the end of the year, and Rick Hendrick went and got him two years in advance, put him in the four-car Red Bull Racing, and then brought him to the five-car. Um, and Casey got off to a decent start at Hendrick Motorsports, but the last three years have been dreadful for whatever reason. And, and I don't think Casey Kane just forgot how to drive a race car. Uh, I just think there's something right, right now going on with that five team, whether it's just Casey's not clicking with the team. The team's just – there's something internally wrong with that five car – that they're not winning races. Is Casey? I mean, Casey Kane, when he was in the nine car and he was running well for, for uh, Everham and, and, and Richard Petty Motorsports and Gillette Everham, there was a lot of turnover, a lot of change there, and he was still a very serviceable race car driver through all the, the, the nonsense that went on there with that nine car. And he kept that car very competitive. He went to Red Bull Racing, a team that was shutting down at the end of the year and was really, really strong. Gets entered Motorsports, and it just seems like it's all falling apart. What do you think's next for Casey Kane? I mean, do you th- see him staying in a Cup Series? Do you see him going to another ride? Um, I th- personally, John, I think he's still a valuable asset. He's still got a lot of fans out there. Uh, maybe they're not as loud and as passionate as they used to be because he's not running as good. But and I still think he can drive a race car in the right situation. So, what do you think about Casey Kane's uh, situation for 2018? Well, there's rumors going around that um, GMS is talking about coming to the cup series. And if they're going to come, they're going to come with Hendrick engines, Hendrick chassis, and probably as a two car team with Spencer Gallagher and possibly Casey Kane. I don't think Spencer Gallagher's ready, but if daddy wants to put him in the cup series, they'll be able to do it. Um, the other thing don't rule out is Casey Kane and Tony Stewart are very tight. They both own world of outlaws cars um, Casey Kane got his first win at Richmond and whenever he spoke in victory lane, he said it was awesome to beat my idol because Casey grew up following the Tony Stewart path. He drove sprint cars. He drove USAC and came to the cup series. Um, that 10 car is a valuable ride. And one of the things when you said about contraction, uh, there was an article on motorsport.com where they were talking to Gene Haas about the possibility of not being a four car team with the 10 and the 41 with Kurt Busch and Danica Patrick Danica, there's an option to um, move on from her and Kurt Busch's contract is up at the end of the year. Casey Kane is a very good driver and Gene Haas said it would not make financial sense to go from a four car three team to a three car team because not only are they getting sponsor money, even though Stuart Haas is really struggling for sponsors this year, but Ford is paying for four cars, not for three. They're paying for a four-car team to be in the Ford camp. So Gene Haas has flat out said Stuart Haas Racing is going to be a four-car team next year. I think the same thing happens with Chevy and Hendrick Motorsports. I think they're paying for four cars. And I think the five-car as always with Hendrick Motorsports, there's always been one car that has not been uh, up to par with everything else. You look whenever it was Terry Labonte um, in the five, Jeff Gordon in the 24, and Schrader, and then Ricky Craven in the 25. The 25 was always sort of like the test car. And it seems like the five has become the test car at Hendrick Motorsports because you've had Johnson winning championships in the 48. Gordon and now Chase Elliott have been solid in the 24. 
they put every asset possible to make sure that Dale Jr. wasn't a failure in the 88. Because if you remember when he first went to Hendrick Motorsports, he was a dumpster fire. They went through Tony Urey Jr. They went through uh, Kenny Francis. I mean, not Kenny Francis. Um, the other crew chief that was with him, I forget his name. But, I mean, they went through crew chief. Lance until they, Yeah, Lance McGrew, until they settled on Stevie Letart. And then when Greg Ives came in, they had a couple wins, but then Dale Jr. got his concussions, and they've struggled all year this year. But everything the last few years to put every possible way to make sure Dale Jr. was competitive because the last thing you wanted to do was have Dale Jr. be a failure at Hendrick Motorsports. I think some of the assets that could have went into that five car to help Casey Kane went out, I mean, get better went to the 88. And I think the five has turned into the test car. I see your point on that, and I, I understand because you, you bring up some valid points about the 25 back in the day. But my argument to that is, I mean, Casey Kane just lost two major sponsors this year with Farmers Insurance backing out last year and then uh, Great Goods backing out this year. You know, wouldn't you want to run good to keep those sponsors happy? I mean, and that's where I come – that's where I go and go – I don't know if he's a test car. And he would, you know, wouldn't he sit there and you would think with how, you know, he was a pretty popular driver when he was winning races. Uh, you know, he, he's very, there was a lot of uh, female fans that were, that liked him a lot. Um, there was a lot of male fans because he comes from a dirt background and, and he just was a very good driver. Um, and again, I still think those fans are there. They just kind of have been silenced because it's just been such a lost couple of years for Casey Kane over there at Hendrick Motorsports. And I just think there's something going on there. I, and I agree. I think when you look at that 10 car, because I do believe Danica Patrick is out at the end of the year. Um, I don't think she's going to be taking a ride like where you look at and you say, will she able be? Will she take a ride at, I don't know, Rich Petty Motorsports? I don't think she would. Um, I think she would still want to be a top echelon driver in this series. So I think we might be seeing Danica Patrick's last season in the Cup Series. Um, and I do think Casey Kane would be a solid, solid fit for that 10 car. Um, he's got a lot. I still think he's got a lot of skill left. He's still a younger guy. He's not like he's pushing 40 or he's over 40 and you sit there and go, well, maybe he's shot. I still think he's, he's, you know, still young, still wants it. It just seems like there's something amiss there. So I do think the 10 is a good, a good enough ride for him to take. He's got a past relationship with Ford. Um, you mentioned his relationship with Tony Stewart. I think Casey King would be a great fit in that car. Um, another ride open, John, when you look well, at Wait, it before is... we go away from Casey King, uh, whenever you said about him losing Farmer's Insurance, I think that's one of those ones where Farmer's Insurance did not like the idea of being second fiddle to Nationwide at Hendrick Motorsports. I yeah, think possibly. Casey Kane, Farmer's Insurance went to Hendrick with Casey Kane expecting to be the top dog when it came to that. But then when Nationwide left the Xfinity, I mean, left the... Um, what's now the Xfinity series and became the sponsor of Dale Jr.'s car. You have two insurance companies under the same roof and you know that the nationwide car is getting more attention than the five car. So I'm thinking nation, I mean, uh, farmers insurance basically said, Hey, um, we're throwing good money after bad here because we know we're not getting the best stuff at Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah. And you brought up another interesting point before that I want to touch on and that's GMS racing. Um, there's hot rumors they want to come to Cup. There's no doubt about it. I think Casey Kane is an interesting guy because I think he could be a lead driver over there. Um, 
the problem with CNS to me would be that they would, I think they would have to shut their truck team down. And I, I know Ma- Maury Gallagher, Maurice Gallagher and Allegiant Airlines have deep pockets, and he's committed to racing, and that's a huge thing. Coming to Cup, buying a couple charters, um, pulling all the resources in, it's going to be a big overhaul. Uh, and would he want to shut that truck team down? It's very successful. Johnny Sawyer won a championship last year. To do that, to go to the Cup Series, It'll be interesting to see. He's got Ben Kennedy also in his second car in Xfinity. Will he shut all that down and say, you know what, we're going to go Casey Kane and Spencer Gallagher and Cup, and that's it? I think he would have to do that. I also know uh, that he's interested in buying other things around the racetrack um, business-wise, and I think this announcement will come out in a couple of weeks, uh, that, he, that he is looking into at least buying uh, ISM Vision, um, which is a huge – you know, now they've taken over for Sprint Vision – so he's interested in buying that. So he's got his hands on a lot of things. I don't know personally how much money he has, but it's going to be a big overhaul to come to Cup. And is that ride going to be good? That's the thing. You know, yeah, you can get Hendrick Motorsports engines and chassis, but will they be good? They're going to have to hire the right people. It's going to take a lot of overhaul to have a two-car team here, and it's going to have to come quick. Uh, he seems sort of on the fence about 2018, and we're almost in July. Uh I think it's possible, but I don't know 100% if he's 100% committed with that. I think Casey Kane would go there only if he was 100% committed and it was a good ride, which is why I think it's more likely he's going to go to the 10 car. But very interesting, John, about GMS Racing. Do you think they're going to make the plunge into the Cup Series in 2018? Do you think they'll keep their truck and Xfinity Series teams around? What are your thoughts on on GMS Racing? I think um, GMS Racing has come out and basically said – there isn't that much of a chassis modification they need to make to go from Xfinity to cup. There'd be new bodies, the difference between the Mustang and the Taurus or the fusion, but there isn't that much difference. They said he's got a solid team manager in Mike beam. Who's been around forever. He worked for junior Johnson. He worked for the wood brothers. Mike beam has put together a solid organization and built it from the ground up at GMS uh, racing. And if you really think about it, yeah, they won the tr- cup, uh, the truck championship last year with Johnny Sauter. They're running Ben Kennedy in the truck series and some in the Xfinity series. More finishing 30th in cup than you do winning a truck, season, truck series championship. So if it's about the almighty dollar and cent, I think he makes more sense to go cup racing. But that's up in the air. I mean, you still don't know what's going to happen. He, I mean, he talked Johnny Sauter into leaving Thor sport and coming to be the lead driver for GMS in the truck series. He may have the loyalty to him and owning a Legion airlines. I mean, you own an airline, you've got some money. It's not like he's uh, Richard Petty. Who's hoping to get an investment banker to back you. This guy's coming ca- with solid cash flow, and he'll be able to do what he wants. It's sort of like Gene Haas. Gene Haas is a billionaire because of the CNC machines. And he's paying out of pocket for two Formula One teams, the Xfinity Series ride for Cole Custer, and so far, three quarters of the season for Clint Boyer, half a season, if not more, for Kurt Busch. And there's been a couple times Haas has been on the 10 car. So there's a lot of stuff coming out of Gene Haas's pocket over at Stuart Haas Racing. If you're a billionaire and you've got the right people working for you, because Gene Haas was a billionaire before Tony Stewart became his partner, and that's, those two cars that they had at Haas CNC Racing sucked. 
But once you got Tony Stewart in there, he brought the right people in because they wanted to come work with him. And they've turned Stuart Haas Racing from what was a dumpster fire as Haas CNC into a solid where they've won two cup championships. They've won multiple races with multiple drivers. And we're still able for Gene to reach in his pocket and go F1 racing. And and that's – I agree with you. And I think um, it's going to be interesting to see what GMS Racing does here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and it's just – crazy because there's so much potential here for the silly season and no dominoes falling yet i think we're sort of waiting for the first domino to fall here and then it'll be really really it'll really really pick up Nine one seven eight eight nine eight two eight zero. if you want to join the conversation here talking silly season and later we're going to talk a little bit of future of nascar as well um, a couple other rides you know we talked about casey king maybe being in the 10 car john man that's an interesting ride because you have danica in there and she struggled i think performance wise the way she's run this year has been a little bit better. She's still not up to par with a few minutes. She's still not a chase contender, but she's had a lot of bad luck this year. In the first four years, it was a disaster. Um, but I still think that Tenko is a very good race car, and I still think they could they can win races with the right people there. Um, but, you know, you look at Cole Custer. You mentioned him earlier as far as Gene Haas funding him in the, in the Xfinity Series. I don't think he's ready to come to Cup yet. Uh, he's very raw. He's, he's a young kid. I think he's the future, one of the future drivers over there at Stuart Haas. But I don't know if he's ready to come to Cup yet. And that brings another whole situation in here. What does Gene Haas, what does Tony Stewart do with that 10 car? Do they run it? You know, there's been a lot of – they had sponsorship with, with uh, Nature's Bakery, but that backed out. Do they sell the charter? Do they go down to three teams? Obviously, the article you alluded to earlier says they don't do that. Um, so what's the option? If they keep Kurt Busch in the 41, I heard rumors Kurt Busch might be out there at the end of the year as well. So um, what about that 10 car? Who goes there if not Casey Kane or somebody like that? Is there a real front candidate for that ride? I think uh, when you think about Kurt Busch, I think if he wants to stay in that 41 car, he's going to take a driver cut in salary. Um, Danica is, I mean, at the end of the pre-race show on Sunday, they asked Jeff Gordon and Daryl Waltrip both if this is the last time we see Danica in a car on Fox because Fox was ending their coverage, and both of them said yes. So when you've got Daryl and Jeff, and Jeff is pretty tight with everybody in the garage still, and he's friends with Danica, if he thinks that Danica's out of the car, Jeff is pretty tight with Tony Stewart, Danica's going to be out of the car. And I don't see Danica going to a lower level team to drive for a front row or to drive for a um, BK racing or even Richard Petty motorsports. If Danica is not in that 10 car, Danica is going to be on a pre-race show somewhere next year, or she's just going to be sitting up on top of Ricky's uh, pit box. Um, That's another one that's up in the air. I don't know if Ricky Stenhouse is signed for the future at Roush Fenway or if there's an out clause in his contract. Um, if it was me and Tony Stewart knows Ricky inside and out because Ricky Stenhouse drove for Tony Stewart coming up through the USAC ranks, that's a possibility to go to the 10 or the 41. I, if, his, if he's available to go away from Roush Fenway. If they're looking somewhere outside, I mean, you've heard Biffle's name, hopefully – waiting to possibly get one of the Stuart Haas rides. I don't see that happening. I think Greg Biffle was a good driver, but Greg Biffle's time has come and gone. I think possibly 
uh, whatever you said about Brad Keselowski not signing with Penske yet, but Ford funds his truck teams. Ford puts a lot of money in them. Ford has basically looked at Brad Keselowski racing as the Ford driver development program. And Chase Briscoe, that kid can drive a car. I don't know if he's ready to go to cup racing yet, but there's no real Ford Xfinity teams other than the one that Penske has that are really factory driven. Penske has the one car with the 22 and every now and then they'll run the 12. Stuart Haas racing has the double zero with Cole Custer and every now and then they'll run the 41 with Harvick. So there's no real intermediate ground for Ford development drivers. So they got to build up the Xfinity program at the Ford but I could see Chase Briscoe coming to Stuart Haas racing at some point because Ford wants to develop drivers and keep them in the pipeline. I don't think he's ready for it yet. It might be Kurt Busch with a pillow contract where he say, okay, cut your salary in half if you still want to drive here because there isn't a better ride out there. Yeah, and, and that's an interesting point you brought up about Chase Briscoe because there's another ride open we'll discuss a little bit later could go that route too because it's just right now we're sort of in a lull. We took a lot of the guys that a lot of the really really good drivers and brought them into from the Xfinity series up into the Cup series. The Eric Jones, the Kyle Larson's, the Chase Elliott's. Um, the list goes on and on and on. Stenhouse, Bain, a lot of those young kids that were the, looked at as the future, um, they're now here in Cup and they're now winning races and they're now being very very competitive. Um, we're sort of in a lull. We're waiting for the next group. I think uh, Christopher Bell is definitely in the next group. He's done fantastic in the truck series. We've seen Chase Briscoe. It's only been a small sample, but he was great in ARCA last year. He's doing very well in the truck series this year. He's had a lot of speed. hasn't won yet, but he's got a lot of speed. It could very well be possible that they sit there and go, you know what, we don't have an Xfinity Series plan. Let's bring these guys to Cup. Now they're going to be rushed, and they're going to be struggled for a couple of years, but they keep them in the fold. I don't know if that happens, but another interesting name, John, to me in the Ford camp is Chris Buescher because he's on loan from Roush Fender Racing to JTG Daughtery Racing this year, as well as that charter in the 37. Now, a charter to me is not a big deal because you're probably going to be able to get one for five cents next year at the end of the year, but Chris Buescher is on loan. Does Roush keep him in the fold? And like you said, you know, does Rosh add a third car? He wants – he's talked about adding a third car next, after Ricky Stenhouse's win at Talladega that his ultimate goal was to add a third race team and bring Chris Busher in the fold. Do you say to Stuart Haas Racing, hey, you know what, I need a place for Busher. He's a good driver, but we're putting him over there at Chevrolet. Put him in a 10 car for a year. I'll self-sponship. If he can win there, we'll bring him over to the Rosh camp. The possibilities are endless. And then you have the 37 car open. But what do you think about Chris Buescher? What's his future here? I think he's going to be in the Cup Series. Does he go to Roush? Does he go to Ford? Does he stay with JTG Dollar Racing? What, what's his deal for next year? I don't know. That one's, that one's the – I don't think it's a major block in the puzzle that um, is silly season this year. I don't think there's a solid plan for Chris Busher yet because if you really think about it, he won his Xfinity championship with Roush and, but it was like what one win for the season. And if you would have, I think they were like 400 points behind the car owner championship, which was 
probably Kyle Busch's 18. He's not really set the world on fire. He's got his win on a gas mileage thing. I mean, on the rain at Pocono, because they stayed out for mileage and it rained on him, and he wound up getting the win there. He hasn't done anything special in that 37 car for uh, JTG Doherty. Um, I think actually JTG Doherty regressed this year compared to the way they ran last year. And I think part of that's having a second car. And I don't think Chris Busher is everything that people tap him out to be because he was an Xfinity championship. He won an Xfinity championship. Chase Elliott won one. And Chase Elliott's a lot different than Chris Busher. Chase Elliott just signed through 2022 with Hendrick Motorsports. So it's that, that, (coughs) excuse me, that domino, I don't think, I think it'll be one of the last ones to fall. Yeah, but to me it's interesting because that 10 car's open and that's a Ford deal. And I I understand where you're coming from with Chris Buescher. There's no doubt. I don't think he's a great driver who can win a ton of races immediately. There's a lot of guys you can say that about. Um, he's got an Xfinity Series championship, as you mentioned, and that's a lot more than a lot of drivers have done, no doubt about it. Um, but you're right, he didn't let the world on fire doing it. Um, and that could be hard to sell a sponsorship with, but I think Roush, Jack Roush, takes the world of him. And I think that's the only thing that matters. It, you know, And whether or not a sponsor sees the potential in him can be interesting to see, but that's another element to play. You know, we talked earlier, John, in the show about Matt Kenseth going to the 88 car. We both agree that is a very likely scenario. I think it's something that could very well happen. And you brought it up, and you're absolutely right. If Kansas were to leave the for the 88 or for another ride, uh, that opens up a 20 car, obviously. Eric Jones would slide right in there. He's on a one-year deal with Furniture Racing. Um, he's done a, a nice job this year. I think he's proven to everybody that he can win races He's shown some really nice flashes this year. So he could slide in that 20, no problem. But that leaves an interesting situation with the 77 car. Um, they're a Toyota team. They have sponsorship and five hour energy, but I think it's a one-year deal. Created a whole team with Chris Gale and everybody on that 77 car. And you're going to tell me they're going to shut it down after one year. I don't believe that's happening. I think that's what a lot of people are leaning towards. Well, they're just going to shut that team down. I don't think they're going to do that. So, do you think this 77 car and furniture racing sort of looks at it and says, you know what, Christopher Bell is going out, winning a ton of winning a ton of truck races, ran really well in the Xfinity race at Iowa. We're going to pull him up the cup. And, yeah, it's going to be three or four years before he really wins a ton of races, but we're going to let him learn how to the ropes here in the Cup Series. Do you think that's very possible? And if not Christopher Bell, who, John? Well, Christopher Bell – is a Toyota factory driver. He brings sponsorship with him with JPL, which is the official speaker of Toyota. Also, Sirius XM has piped in, and they've sponsored that car a few, that truck a few times. Um, if anybody goes in that 77 car, if Eric Jones goes to the 20, I think it's Christopher Bell. And I don't think they would be waiting three, four years for him to win. I think they maybe would be like this year with Eric Jones where you're seeing progression throughout the season. And by the time year two hits, competing for wins, sort of like the Kyle Larson go round whenever he first came to uh, Ganassi Racing. 
Kyle Larson didn't set the world on fire as a rookie in the Xfinity series. I think he won a race and Ganassi moved him up. And part of it was because everybody else was saying, Oh, this kid's a hot shoe. Let's get him to us. And Ganassi basically, and it's sort of like the old Jeff Gordon days where Jeff Gordon had a shot to go um, cup racing with Ford. But I mean, if you didn't have, it was actually more like the Casey Kane. If Ford didn't put him in a cup ride, he had the ability to go elsewhere. And Ford did not put him in a cup ride because Yates had his drivers under contract. Roush had their drivers under contract. There was no room at the end for him to go with Ford. So Casey Kane went to Ray Everham. And there was a big lawsuit over Casey Kane going to Everham because he was signed to a Ford contract. But he had the clause, if you don't get me in a cup ride, when I get an offer, I can go anywhere else. I think it's the same way with Christopher Bell going to the 77. I think he's going to go there before somebody has a chance to pill for him like Ray, uh, like Rick Hendrick did with William Byron. And that's a great point, John. You brought up a lot. Uh, you know, that's the thing. You know, when you have like somebody like Ford who might be looking for drivers and you say, hey, listen, um, we can get you an Xfinity ride, you know, Joe Gibbs can't do that right now. Or we can get you in a cup ride. Joe Gibbs can't do that right now. It's very enticing for these kids. You sit there and go, hmm, man, do I run it? That's a 21 car. What do I do there? Um, or if a Chevrolet team approaches you in the same situation where Rich Jones says, Christopher, listen, I have sponsor. I'm ready to go. I want you to come in. Yeah, it's not as good as, as Joe Gibbs racing, but he'd be in a cup series. He'd be learning. He'd be making the cup money. He'd be have a chance to win on a weekly basis. It'd be pretty enticing to do that to sit there and say, well, I'm going to be running trucks next year again. Uh, so I think you're right. I think Christian Bell is a very good candidate if they keep that 77 open, which, again, I think they're doing it. I think it's the same way with the 37. I think they're going to keep that car open as well, and the possibilities there are endless as well. Um, you know, do you bring up Daniel Hemrick? Who knows? Um, also, the possibility of, of Team Penske, John, is talk there. They're going to move Ryan Blaney to a third car. Uh, the Wood Brothers will be open. I mean, where do you see that going on? You also got uh, some news that Paul Menard's out at Richard Childress at the end of the year. That opens up the 27 car. I mean, it's just there's so much stuff going on with the silly season right now. Stories are going to be 88, uh, the 77 car, the 10 car. But what about these other cars that are going to be that could potentially be open? Do you see uh, – who do you see driving a 27 next year? Maybe even the 37. And just a couple of names, just throw them out there. Um, because it, to me right now, it's a lot more rides than there are drivers who could win races right now. Well, here's the way I see that thing going. Ryan Blaney will drive the number 12 for Roger Penske with probably PPG, SKF, and Hertz as the sponsor. Um, Blaney goes, to the tw- goes from the 21 to the 12. At the 21, there's a shot Bubba Wallace goes in there. There's a shot Paul Menard brings... Daddy's money to the 21 because John Menard sponsors one of Roger Penske's uh, Indy cars. Um, so the 21 will probably either be Bubba Wallace or it'll probably be uh, Paul Menard. If Paul Menard leaves Richard Childress, the 27 will be Ty Dillon. There is no doubt Ty Dillon's going to drive for uh, Papa. So that leaves the 13 open. The 13 could be Daniel Hemrick. The 13 could be. Brendan gone for a year. 
to hold the ride open until the next Chevy development driver is ready, which is probably going to be Daniel Hemrick. I'm not sure he's ready yet, but that could be a possibility. He's run solidly in the 21. He hasn't lit the world on fire, but he's been a solid driver. Um, the other one that's a wild card that we haven't really talked about is Eric Almirola. He's up at the end of the year. Uh, there's rumors of him possibly going to Stuart Haas Racing. So that's another wild card out there. I don't see Kurt Busch going to Childress in the 27 if that opens up or Rick, Kurt Busch going to the 13. That'd be going down. And whenever we were talking about um, possibly Busher to Stuart Haas, I don't see Stuart Haas thinking of themselves as a um, – breeding ground for other organizations. If you're going to Stuart Haas racing, you're staying at Stuart Haas racing. It's not going to be one of those ones where Chris Busher gets lent to them for a year and then comes back to Roush when he's ready to go to three cars. I think if anything happens when it comes to that, if Jack Roush really wants Chris Busher in a car at Roush Fenway, he'll go in the 17 and Ricky would go to uh, Stuart Haas. But I mean, Maybe. like you said, there's there's more cars than there are winning drivers out there, and the other one who I mean, you watch how he's been driving lately. John Hunter Nemechek could be a wild card coming up. He's run and won two races in a row in the truck season on a team that has eight employees to include his father, and. I think they, I mean, they were talking about it with Moody today. Uh, Moody and Vince Wells were talking about it. And they said that John Hunter was tearing up equipment early. And Joe came up and gave him the old, hey, uh, son, you keep this crap up. We're going to have to close the doors. You need to be more calculating. You have to be more patient. And once he started doing that, they won two in a row and have been lights out. John Hunter Nemechek is a solid driver. He pissed a lot of people off with his with his antics in Canada last year with Cole Custer. And he's shown at times he can be too aggressive. But if he drives like he has the past couple weeks, there's a chance he could end up in one of these rides. He's a great driver. And I think he's got the potential to win a lot of races. But I think he needs to be Nick Finney. And I, but you're right. You know, there's a a lot of good kids that are in the truck series that haven't progressed to the Xfinity series yet. Personally, I like to see him in Xfinity because I don't want him to be rushed to the cup series, but these teams might sit there and go, listen, I see the talent. I want to go grab it. He, his, the interesting thing about him is he's not affiliated with the team yet. Uh, yeah. He's kind of affiliated with Chevrolet and Childress because they use their engines, but there's no development deal with him. Um, you know, he, he's running with his dad's team, and you're right. You know, that, that team is small compared to every team. You know, the teams they're competing against at GMS, uh, Thor Sport. It's a very small solo truck operation over there. He does a very nice job. But you're going to go from trucks to the Cup Series, big step in competition, big step up in competition. Will he be ready for that? I mean, it, it, I guess it comes down to what the owners think. But you bring up a good point. You know, they could be looking down towards the Truck Series, there's also come, some guys that maybe in the Xfinity series are bypassing me. Ryan Reed. Ryan Reed has come out and said, listen, the goal is for me to be driving a car in the Cup Series next year. Um, you know, he's got the little diabetes sponsorship. He's running a little bit better this year than he has in years past, but he hasn't set the world on fire. He's got two, two Xfinity Series wins, both at Daytona. Um, it's, 
to me, is he ready? Probably not, but the sponsorship is so desperate that he could get in the cup ride next year. I saw him at Pocono at the cup race at Pocono. I think he's gearing up for a potential ride. Does he go to RPM on a loaner deal and say, you know what, I'll bring Lily's diabetes and they don't have to worry about the sponsorship if Amarillo leaves? All that is possible. This silly season is just crazy here, John, and I think in the next three or four weeks, we're really gonna, it's going to really ramp up. I've been saying that, it feels like, for a month, but eventually this news is going to have to come out. And we're holding out for the big domino that's the 88 car. Because mm-hmm. once that domino falls, that's what's going to be making a difference. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If I'm Tony Stewart and Gene Haas, I'm proactive. I'm not worried about getting Casey Kane. I'm not worried about getting anybody else for the possibility of the 10 car. I'm living at Matt Kenseth's house, knocking on the door. Hey, Matt, you want to come drive for us? Hey, Matt, we got a solid car for you. You and Harvick and Boyer will make a great team. You've been teammates with Bush before, and you've been able to deal with it. But you and Harvick and Boyer are going to be the foundation of this team. And we'll give you a three-year deal, and we're not going to push you out after three if you really want to re-up. As long as you're competitive, we'll play with you. And if I'm Tony Stewart, Gene Haas, I'm going that direction to try to keep him out of the 88. Yeah. And then you got to wonder, you know, again, who goes to the 88. And there's a lot of drivers who sort of, at least in a Ford camp, we talked about Busher earlier, who's – future is up in the air. You talk about Chris Buescher, uh Bubba Wallace, another guy. You talked about him being the 21. That is possible. Does he go to front, uh, front row motorsports with Landon Castle? You know, is David Reagan out of a ride next year? And they bring in Bubba Wallace. They have three charters over there next year. Do you see front, uh, front row motorsports expanding, bringing Bubba Wallace into the fold and with a third car there and have Bubba learn sort of the ropes in the cup series like we saw with Chris Buescher? I mean, <laughs> Usually this stuff is pretty not easy to predict, but a lot of people thought with this charter system that the silly season was done. You know, well, no teams are going to come in. No teams are going to buy these things. It's going to be hard for a team to grow. And to an extent that is correct, but this silly season is as wacky as it's ever been. Um, just just because of young drivers, drivers are tiring early. I mean, you know, you have, you have we lost, Ed, you think of the drivers we lost in the last five years with, Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Carl Edwards, Dale Jr.'s gone at the end of the year, Craig Biffle, who was a competitive driver. Um, you know, so those five, you've got to replace them and the young kids. It's just, it's been a, it's going to be, it makes your head spin. It really does because there's so many rides out there, there's so many possibilities out there um, that these kids can go to. And I think it ultimately they're going to feel these cars. Eventually somebody's going to have to feel these cars because it's going to have to be 36 entries into the Cup Series, what we're looking at in 2017, as far as the Cup Series is concerned, it's going to be completely different in 2018. A lot of different names out there, um, a lot of different things. To me, it's going to be crazy. What about this chartering system here, John, um, in the last couple of minutes of the show? Do you think it's done its job? When it was introduced, I think a lot of teams and a lot of owners thought this is the greatest thing ever. You know, they get a little bit more revenue from the television standpoint of it. Uh, they get a little bit more revenue because they've taken five cars out of the field. Um, but right now we're looking at it and they're saying sponsorship's hard. It's hard to fund these race teams. Is this chartering system here to stay? 
in this capacity? Or you, do you think they need to make some major, major changes here? I think the chartering system um, made Tommy Baldwin a few bucks. Uh, it made a few other backmarker teams a few bucks because when Furniture Row went two cars, they bought a charter. And so it made a few of the backmarker teams a few dollars whenever they sold their charters after getting them. I don't see where it's going to make a difference here soon because we're already down to 38 cars that are running most of the races. I think there's 40 at Daytona this week because Brendan Gaughan's going to run a car and somebody else is running a car. So we're at 40 cars at Daytona this week, but it's like whenever you look at Martinsville and you only have 38 cars in the field, it's not like you have to drive across country to get to Martinsville. Um, not like you have to have the super aerodynamics that everybody else has on a mile and a half track. All you have to do is get it through the template and you're good and you can survive Martinsville if you have a decent engine. Um, I think the charter system hasn't done what they hoped. I mean, one of the things that I keep saying is, especially whenever you don't have um, the announcement of how much money is being won, but in the past, a cup driver, when they won the championship, would win between 10 and $15 million. And they're needing $30 million of sponsorship to run these cars. The sponsorship isn't there right now. They're not getting enough money from the billion-dollar TV deal. They're not, the money's being funded through the tracks, which is meaning Bruton Smith's making a bunch, and ISC's making a bunch, and NASCAR's making a bunch. The, dryer, I mean, the, the owners, it just isn't a... They're not making any money at it. They're surviving. And you get a few of the teams like the Penske's and the Gene Hosses and a few of them that are making some money off of it, but they're not making a bunch. And the backmarker teams aren't making that much at all, if anything. Um, so you're throwing away good money to, for bad. And as long as NASCAR has more official sponsors than you have sponsorship on vehicles, there's a problem. And that was a problem Kozlowski. Brad Kozlowski got to touch on a bunch of years ago that NASCAR and the team sort of, um, you know, fight the same battle. And when NASCAR says, hey, when you want to be the official sponsorship of something, it's a three, four, five million dollar deal, which is could have been a, a deal where um could have been on a race car. You know, it's it's hard. And I think this chartering system definitely needs to be looked at. Um, I think the way this business is run needs to be looked at. Are racetracks making too much money? Maybe. Uh, is NASCAR making too much money? Maybe. But neither one of those, when they're, when one hand washes the other, they're not going to budge. But for the best interest of NASCAR, it probably they probably need to budge because these teams are starting to get to a point where they're going to run over each other as far as money is concerned. They're going to fall over their own feet. I also think, John... We're getting to a point where these drivers are going to have to take some pay cuts. Um, and I know the drivers probably don't want to hear that, but it's true. I think they're making – and they deservedly make – they are putting their lives online, making a lot of money. But they are the biggest asset right now. They are the, the most the big, most expense right now. Chop down their salary a little bit, that would help the team so much. Uh, so I think – we might see that in the future as well. These teams taking, these drivers taking pay cuts. 
And if the drivers start taking pay cuts, you know the drivers are going to sit there and go, well, we want the TV contracts, want some of the money from the TV contracts for the team so they can pay us the money. It's starting to get to a point where we're going to have to start seeing some of these racetracks. Listen, they told in the National Speedway put a $400 million renovation in there. There's talk they're going to do it to Phoenix. There's talk they're going to do it to Richmond. Not that the tracks don't deserve to make money, but $400 million is a lot of money, and some of that can be dispersed to these race teams, you would think. Um, so I think it's just going to come to a point where something's going to have to give, whether it's the racetracks, whether it's NASCAR, or whether it's the drivers or all three of them combined to keep these owners afloat and to keep these teams afloat and to keep this sport afloat, uh, especially in the back end of the field. I'm going to say, you look at the front end of the field, Barney Visser's made so much money selling furniture in Colorado. He's pretty, he's pretty solid on having a race team. Roger Penske's a billionaire. Roger Penske will be fine. He could put Penske on all of his cars, which he did the year that Verizon was not allowed to be on there, but still had a contract. So he had Team Penske on the 12 car whenever Sprint took over, or when right. Nextel took over. Um, he, Gene Haas is a billionaire. You don't have to worry about him. Um, Richard Childress is not a billionaire. He does have some hedge funding, but they're trying to sell their portion. They've been trying for years to sell their portion of the team. And nobody's really buying into it because who in their right mind is going to buy into a product where you need $30 million of sponsorship to make 15. Um, but if I'm the drivers, I'm the, per, I'm the people you're marketing. I'm the one with the biggest risk on the line because every time I strap in and put a helmet on, I could die. I'm going mm-hmm. after every penny I can because there is no retirement fund for drivers. There is right. no, I mean, whatever insurance they have, they have to pay for it themselves. And I'm thinking an insurance policy on a race car driver is not cheap. So if I'm a driver, I'm holding out for every penny possible. And if I'm an owner, I'm starting to go to Brian France and say, okay, this isn't working out. We need to go back and relook at every dollar. If you think of one of the best sports we watch, everybody's, every Sunday is tuned to the NFL. And you know why the Green Bay Packers, possible, are as competitive as the New England Patriots is because there's revenue sharing in the NFL. There's no revenue sharing in NASCAR. You win your prize money according to your charter and stuff. That's their version of revenue sharing. But it's not nearly as close as what they could make. No, and you're right. And that's, to me, what – Again, we're going to have to see these somebody align here or somebody takes a pay cut, whether it's the drivers, the owners, uh, the teams, or the racetracks, uh, NASCAR, or all three of them combined because they need to really save NASCAR is what it comes down to, I think, uh, in the future. I'm not saying NASCAR is in major trouble right now, but 10 years down the road it could be very ugly. Uh, Next episode of Talking Circles is on Sunday night. We'll review the Coke Zero 400. Can't wait for that. Also, the Firecracker 250 at Daytona International Speedway. Thanks for joining us tonight. We'll see you then. Talking Circles. Good night.